one of the things I always tell my employees is from the day you start working at my organization, I need you to start training your replacement. And I always get like this look like, like what? And I'm like, let me explain. In order for you to move up the ladder, you have to backfill behind you. You can't move forward unless you have somebody that's trained to do what you're doing right now. And that's a powerful thing because when people start to wrap their head around that, the, 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 the turbo boosters kick on in propelling your career forward. Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. Your host, Nate and Brian, are hanging out with you once again, and we're looking forward to bringing Mr. Brian Week. Mr. Brian Week on the show today. Cousin of John Week. I'm not sure. We'll have to check with him on that, but we're looking forward to bringing him on, and he's going to be talking about his story, which is a good one, as well as uh, the growth through the trades, which is something that he's accomplished in his life and the opportunities that it still provides to many, many others. Can we get some John Wick jokes out now? Because I don't want to do it when he's on guns. Lots of lots of guns. I don't remember any quotes from that movie. To be perfectly <laughs> honest, messed up what they did to his puppy though. Uh, Bobby Bobby Yaga <laughs> was it? The boogeyman? No, he's who you send to kill the boogeyman. Yeah, yeah, that's who it is. Yeah. Was, I mean, it it was it should have been a great quote, but it was such a poorly executed line. <laughs> I know you're a big John Wick fan. I'm a big Brian Wick fan. And we are too. Uh, looking forward to this on the podcast. So, uh, Brian's story is one uh, that is one that you often hear on our show and uh, throughout the trades. He started at the bottom and now is at the top and made all the journeys, all the different positions throughout the way. And his emphasis on drive, his emphasis on climbing that ladder is based upon the fact that you actually still have to do it. Nobody's going to just place you from the bottom up to the top. Nobody's going to just plop you in at owner or GM or ops manager or team leader, senior, this, that, or whatever. You have to put in the work and it's what he did and it's what he shares and is going to share on this podcast. Yeah. He's uh, he started carrying sheet metal. Like a lot of us started me. I mean, the first real memory I have of plumbing is carrying five gallon buckets of pea gravel to the underground sewer and new construction, residential new construction. I was like, a, I was a teenager and I was scrawny. I mean, I, you look like you have arms compared to me. Thank you, Brian. Carrying Your compliments are always, I, always I so well-meaning. Yeah. See how I told you you're buff. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice. Yeah. At that time, I remember carrying those buckets and just thinking there's no way I could be more miserable, you know? But there was just, I don't know, there was something about it. I was i was in for the long haul in the plumbing game. That's what most of our user or our listeners to this podcast think as well. Users. How, how can you? <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, bro. You can't just jog past that. <laughs> Addicts are people, uh, huh? <laughs> they're, they're thinking, I could not be more miserable than listening to yeah, more of this the introduction. The waste no dayers are like, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, the peaks are great. The valleys are low. <laughs> but they keep coming back. That's the important part. Yes, every Monday. 
No, Brian, we're looking forward to this. Uh, and before we jump into it, let's hear your quote for this episode. Nothing in the world is worth having or worth doing unless it means effort, pain, and difficulty. I have never in my life envied a human being who led an easy life. I have envied a great many people who led difficult lives, but led them well. Theodore Roosevelt. Like it. So, so spot on for this podcast. And it's back to that concept. I mean, listen, the trades is something that is, it can take you so many places and so easily. I mean, it's not like you need to get tons of degrees. It's not like you need to spend decades in schools, even in a library. I mean, you know, there's certainly a place for learning all those things and you know, we're not going to poo-poo them that it's not important, but the trades has this just incredible built-in escalator to take you places, but you still have to get on. You still have to try. You still have to do things. Yeah, you have to do things. And it's it's easy. Well, it's kind of back to the C-squirt thing we talked about last week, but right. it's easy to get complacent when you've made it to like, Maybe the, the driver's seat of the truck, because for, for a lot of people, it can take years. Well, for everybody, it takes, almost everybody, it takes years to get into that driver's seat, and then you start making better money. It's easy to get complacent and just, like, hit a certain level of income and stop really growing. But, man, that's a waste. I mean, the, the waste no day concept, and it's like, it seems like every guest we get um, when we chat for a couple minutes before the episode before we start recording, they say how much they like the um, the in- intro, the title of the podcast, Waste No Day. And I remember, I think the first person who really was hype about it was was um, author and sales coach Tom Hopkins. Mm, yeah. He just went off about what a great title it is. And it's really true that that Waste No Day piece, it's really crucial if you really, if you can force yourself to think about the concept of waste and no day it's if you can just get one percent better incrementally better the slightest bit better at what you're doing and what you're trying to do and it doesn't like maybe maybe i'm just saying hey communication hey selling hey closing hey uh turning wrenches um installing whatever it is that you install get more efficient better quality just overall better at it a little bit better doesn't mean that you're striving to be the best that ever lived at installing heat pumps, right? Or whatever selling. And it doesn't mean that your career can't take a, a turn later. And, and it has nothing to do with what you were striving so hard right now to get better at. It doesn't matter if you're just constantly striving to get better. What you're going to become is a monster in a good way. You're going to become a person who excels at things because once you start excelling at something, it just becomes a habit. That's what you do. I, uh, I try to get James Clear on the show, the author of Atomic Habits. Ooh, that'd be awesome. This is a great book. He's all about that, getting 1% better. Uh, got shot down. <laughs> so, hey, strike this. Cut this out on the... Uh, let we this shall not the, waste no day, though. The, the editing room out. floor. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his... Uh, what's her name? I forget her name now, but she said uh, his schedule is full for the rest of the year. I'm like, whatever. If Joe Rogan called him, you know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> By next year, he's going to be asking us to get on. Yeah, yeah. She said uh, for the rest of the year. And I, you know, a lot of times when the people say that, I'll I'll say, well, put me on for when he's available. And and it actually tends to work out. So, but with this one, I was just like, oh, I'll, I'll check back next year, whatever. 
It wasn't that big a deal. All right, James. <laughs> um, yeah, but his book's all about that. So I just I wanted to quick recommend that book, Atomic Habits. It's all about getting a little tiny bit better at everything every day just by making the smallest adjustment in what you're doing. And it does push you that book to to want to do it, and it simplifies it and makes it seem more manageable to do these things. And this is Brian Wick to me. I mean, he started carrying sheet metal, works his way all the way up to, you know, owner of the company, not by like partnering with a with an investor and just buying a company when he knows nothing about the trade, but the the for me far more respectable route, which is start at the bottom and climb that ladder all the way up. Love it. I love these stories. They do it for me. Absolutely. And with no further ado, we're going to Ask him to join us here on the show, and we're going to put Mr. Brian Wick in your passenger seat. Our guest today is none other than Mr. Brian Wick. He started in the industry in 1994 as a helper carrying sheet metal into basements and being the guy on the bottom of the dolly helping get water heaters and furnaces in and out of basements. He worked his way up to lead installer and service tech and eventually service manager. From there, he set his sights on operations and general management and began seeking out the help of those that were successfully operating locations that were the size he eventually wanted to be. Through those lessons, from those before him and those doing great things, he learned a lot of what and <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of what and what not to do and has implemented those lessons into his own organization, which is highly focused on employee development, empowerment and growth. Ryan recently purchased the location that he had started his career way back in 1994 and most recently was fortunate enough to earn back-to-back President Circle Awards in 2020 and 21. And most recently received the 2022 first quarter franchise of the quarter with his sights now set on winning franchise of the year for his team. With that, welcome to the show, Brian. Thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to this. As are we. Yeah, good to talk to you in person. We've we've uh, gone back and forth on social media platforms and stuff, but I don't I don't correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've ever had a conversation. Um, I'm not sure because I've actually been to your shop uh, once before. It was about five years ago. I came out there and spent the day. I was uh, trying to educate myself on a couple of certain topics that you guys were doing really well at the time, and uh, I came out and just kind of I drove out in the morning, spent the day, and then drove home that that evening and. Uh, um, I, I, it was it was so long ago that I'm not sure who all I met because it was such a whirlwind of information. But I remember it was memorable. Well, you would you would definitely have forgotten us either way. So <laughs> we may have been there. We may not. Very forgettable we are. <laughs> well, Brian, yeah. uh, we are excited to have you on the show, and we always like to get a little bit uh, of information about our guest and learn a little bit about you. You have an interesting story because. Uh, much like many people in the trades, it has been a true escalator for you uh, from bottom to top. And we are looking forward to hearing that. So why don't you jump in and tell us how you got into this thing? What's been the roller coaster ride of life in the trades along the way? And where are you at now? Okay. Um, well, buckle in. It's a story. <laughs> Let's uh, go. So I got I to gotta start. You know, the story starts back with my brother, um, Mark Geschke back in 1993, actually it was 92, 93. He was working for um, an energy management company that um, he was doing sales there um, and some, and some installation. And 
they got into some financial trouble. I think they I think the story goes they forgot to pay their taxes for a couple of years. And uh, Mark was in the process of building a house. Um, actually, they had just started digging the basement, and he went into work one morning, and the doors were chained shut. And uh, as you can imagine, you know, you know, just starting to build a home and going in, and your livelihood is, is chained shut. To find out that you no longer have a job can be a little bit scary. So the, you know, the, the legend goes that Mark went back home, kind of regrouped and decided that, you know, he wanted to just go and do this on his own. And uh, he started a company that day based off of some of his contacts that he had um, within that industry or that company that he was working with prior. Um, my role came in shortly after that, where um, he, he actually lived next door to where I was growing up with my mom. There, we have a, a 20 years between us. He's the oldest and I'm the youngest. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so he, he was living. He he was building this house right next door to on my parents' farm, and uh, when he was starting this this thing, and I kind of said, "Hey, I'm I got I'm going to prom this weekend. Um, you got anything extra I can do around the house or the shop or you know whatever? I was looking for anything. I just anybody just I'll mow your grass. I need twenty bucks. Way know? to be planning ahead." <laughs> You got prom this right, weekend. Yeah. Nice job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that <laughs> wasn't always such a great planet. But um, I also was working with my dad at that time. My dad did commercial flooring, and I started working with him, you know, off and on when I was probably about nine or ten years old. I used to go pick up carpet scraps for extra money. But uh, my dad always told me he's like, if there's ever an opportunity to go do something else, you should go do it. You know, go experience different opportunities. You know, you don't want to be a flooring guy forever unless that's your passion. So Mark was starting this thing up. I needed 20 bucks. I kind of hit him up and I said, hey, is there anything I can do? And he was, uh, he had a job that he needed stuff carried into a basement. And he's like, hey, go over to this house at this time, carry this stuff in the basement, I'll flip you 20 bucks. And that's kind of how it started. And then after that, he, um, he hired a guy who was kind of a subcontractor to him um, that they started to get some jobs. And they started doing water heaters through that energy management plan that he was working with at the other company so we started to do one hot water tank a day two hot water tanks a day three hot water tanks a day i should say they did and they got to the point where they needed help and that i was at that point just getting ready to graduate from high school and uh they asked if i was interested in coming in to help get hot water tanks in and out of a basement absolutely so i so i was the guy in the bottom of the dolly uh, pushing the hot water tanks up out of the basement three a day, three in, three out every day. And that continued on for a number of years until we started to merge into the HVAC market. We, we actually started out as a plumbing company and, uh, we started putting stickers on all the furnaces saying, you know, HVAC heating and cooling. And it slowly started to get traction. But the funny part was, was, you know, myself and my brother, you know, my, we were not technicians by any stretch. My brother had some, had some skills, but we had this guy who was a subcontractor to us that, um, God bless him. His name was Adam. Um, he really carried a lot of us on the technical side to get us into this HVAC market that we've now really moved into. Cause other than that, we were, we were just kind of fumbling our way through life looking back at it. Hmm. Yeah, so we uh, we started to do that, and then we started to move into the construction market because in our area, it was a lot of farmland, um, very similar to where you guys are at, or at least around here was like that, and very, very rural. 
And uh, they started, all these farms started selling out and they started putting homes up everywhere and they were pretty large custom homes. So we had an opportunity to kind of move into the custom home market. Okay. New construction. Yeah. And we did. We jumped. We jumped in. We jumped in both feet. And that's where I started to really flourish because I was able to uh, start to hang ductwork. I was able to run a crew. I, Mark, my brother, taught me how to read a manual J and how to lay out a house. Um, so we just started popping. And I eventually I went from carrying the ductwork into the basement to laying out the houses to running my own crew. And that's when my career, that's when my career really started to take off was when I started to really take ownership of like, Hey, I really want to do this. I like this industry. So I just dove in head first and, um, nobody was going to tell me anything different because this is what I was going to do with my life. So how old were you by the time you were running your own crew? Uh, 20. All right. So two, I mean, assumingly you were 18, uh, at prom. Yeah. So two yeah. years in from, uh, carrying sheet metal to running your own crews. That's great. Yeah, about 2021, 20, somewhere right in that neighborhood. Um, and I had a couple guys underneath me that were, you know, most of them were twice my age. And uh, we started, we just attacked it. We just started going. And uh, we went from new construction. We were, we were, I, we were definitely the biggest uh, new construction company in our area uh, for those, for those years. And we were also doing, we niched ourselves out into uh, a specific market. We started doing a lot of geothermal. Okay. And geothermal we became the largest geothermal deal dealer in ohio and we we held we held that for years we were we were we we had semi trucks that would show up at our shop to drop off i mean it must have been 20 or 30 geos at a shot wow that we were that we were then our jobs were we were just going in and getting them in basements you know these big 600 pound geothermal and uh then we would come in and start to do the sheet metal and everything else after that well it was around that time that we noticed that the um, new construction market was definitely changing and we wanted to start to get into the replacement market. So we had an opportunity um, to buy a, 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 another company in our area that was very heavy replacement. It was a company that had been in business since 1932, a very well-respected and known business, but small shop. So my brother at that point bought that shop and we kind of fought our way into the replacement industry and it didn't go exactly as planned. I, I don't, I don't, I think if you were to ask him this question, I think he would say it didn't go exactly as he hoped it would because we quickly lost all their employees mm. and we kind of left standing there with the same people we always had that did new construction, but we had a different building and a different logo on the truck and we kind of had to figure it out pretty quick. And I think, I think Mark at that point had an opportunity. He had talked to, um, I'm going to, I think it was Terry Mitchell, I think at that time with missiles one hour out of Avon. And I think, and this was before one hour was a thing. There was those success groups and I believe they're still around, uh, like airtime 500. Yes. We, uh, we joined an airtime 500 group. Um, and that would have been in 2001. We joined uh, airtime 500. And at that point in time, I was still, I was just, I was a technician. And, um, I was just doing my thing, running service calls, running nine, 10, 11 maintenance calls a day. Um, you know, and then if we got an install, we dropped it, we dropped the maintenance and we'd go do the install. And I mean, it was just complete chaos, but we, we recognized that we needed to make a change or my brother did. And my brother and I then at that point went out to Chicago and, uh, went to one of the profit days and, 
that was another defining moment in our, in our company and also my career because it gave me, I sat there and I realized that the, the opportunity within our, within our industry was so much bigger than just being a lead service tech. And it was that day, you know, we, I, we went out, we met Bill Weichel that day and Bill Weichel's dad, I think his name is Pete, if I remember correctly. Bill, if it's not, I'm, I apologize. <laughs> um, um, but we met those guys and they were really, it was, it was kind of inspirational, you know, and it, and it was like, I really, this is what I want to do. And from that moment on, I set my sights on, I wanted to be an operations manager. So <clears throat> I was still at that point, just barely a service tech and, 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 uh, but I could, I could hang sheet metal. And I just worked really, really hard to just gain, gain the skills. And, uh, and I tried to soak up as much information from anybody who was around me at the time that I possibly could. Um, I then worked my way up into an operations role, but I did that because I reached out to a lot of people. I reached out to the Bill Weichels. I reached out to the, um, Cameron Kerr was another one. He, he was a, a, a franchise president that I actually made friends with him at one of the trainings in St. Louis. I went to every training they offered at the Drury Plaza in St. Louis. For those old schoolers out there, you, you know how that was. What, what, kind of training, what kind of trainings were those, Brian? So those were on-time tech, the, the $1 million uh, sales factory. They had a management course they offered back then, and they were all one week at a shot. You flew in on a Sunday and you flew home on a Friday. And they locked you in a room, basically, and they just dipped you in everything that you could possibly want to know about our industry. A lot of these things are now online on Success Academy, which is awesome. It's such an awesome resource because now you can do it from the from your own living room. You know, sit there and uh, drink a coffee and, and listen to this stuff. But it used to all be in person. And I used to, my, my kids always make fun of me. They're like, you were always in St. Louis. And that's because that's where the training was. That's where I had to go for it. Um, and I just made sure if there was an opportunity for training to better myself, I took it. And I took it really serious. And I just kept working and working and working until I, you know, until I would achieve that next level, until I finally got to that operations role. And I did that, you know, I, uh, Bernie Banks and Darren Dixon at that time, they were the owners and general manager and uh, operations manager for the Vegas location, the one hour out there. And those guys, for whatever reason, and uh, they just kind of took me under their wing and um, they just taught me so much about, you know, how to, how to treat people and, um, and, and how to run a business. And, you know, we were like about a $1.3 million company and they were like a $10 million company. And spending time with them, I started to realize that if I wanted to be a $10 million company someday or even a $5 million or a $4 million or whatever it is, I needed to start to act like that. And I can't, I can't, I can't think small anymore. I got to think six months out. I got to, I got to really expand my, my thought process. And that was hard to do from a kid who was just carrying sheet metal, you know, not that many years prior. Just, you know, to trying to figure out, well, how am I going to, how am I going to do this? How am I going to get to that next level? And, and it wasn't easy because Mark and I had a very different vision of how we wanted to get there. So there was a definite push pull of how we wanted to, to get there. And, uh, so I, I seeked out a lot of people. Another guy was, uh, Joe Gertz. Um, he's now with Goodman, but at the time he was down in uh, Cincinnati at the retail store. He was a general manager there and I would go down to these places and I would just spend days. I, like I came to your place. I, I spent a day out there because I would seek out these shops that were doing things that were really good. And, and, and it, and it may have been like 
you, you may not be so good at this capacity and I may, I may disagree with you on, Hey, how, maybe how you're doing this, but you're really killing it over here. So how do I soak that information in and combine it with what this guy's doing over here and this guy's doing over here? Cause I look at all this stuff, just like a gigantic puzzle. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's taking all the best pieces of everything and fitting it together in order to really empower my team to go do great things at the end of the day, because if, if they feel empowered to go do great things, they will. So, that, and that is that is a uh, learning moment for a technician, which is like you might be a better electrician overall than one of your teammates, but you can absolutely go do a ride along or talk to that teammate and learn maybe something they're one percent better at you, better than you at like communicating with the customer or and dressing professionally like if if you consistently look around and see that you're not the best you know uniformed person in the company which i think everyone would agree your client your personal client that you're going to see today deserves the best possible dressed technician image wise possible if that's not you then maybe that's what you can take from that other technician and you know we as managers and owners and um service managers, team leaders, supervisors can always learn from other supervisors, other, other businesses. Um, you know, there, everyone in the franchise has another franchise fairly close within a couple hours, typically that they can go see, um, right. Businesses outside of our network that we can go see like a company might not be able to fill their, their service board for six trucks. So we wouldn't necessarily want to go see them about marketing, strategies but they might have better training for their technicians than we do in in morning meetings or better accountability or better software that they use and it's like i've never been to a company where i didn't take a notepad full of stuff um that we can we can implement or try absolutely and you know one of the big things that i started to take away from these companies too was culture and i realized um pretty early on that culture was really the key to this whole thing and it's creating that culture where people want to be there, they want to be a part of it, they want to help get the, the whole bus, they want to help the whole team move forward. And when I when I finally had that kind of like that aha moment, it was, what do all these companies have in common? A lot of it was culture. And but some of them, it, you know, there was it was a few companies that I went and visited that I'll be honest with you, their culture was so awful that I learned a lot there too. <laughs> the other direction, <laughs> right? This is how not to do the other things. Yeah, you know, and uh, so fast forward, you know, fast forward a little bit. I uh, I was operations manager, and then my brother started to he. I think he started to lose a little bit of his drive, uh, uh, you know, somewhere along the way. That you know, he he kind of took it as far as he could, and uh, he I think he was starting to you know he was starting to see that you know the retirement was on the horizon, um, and I think he started to lose a little bit of his drive, and I was just kind of getting ramped up at that point. So he started to take some steps back. He, he would take like a step back and then a step back forward in. And then it was hard to get him to really kind of move out of the way, you know, because owners are really, they really struggle with that. And as they should, it's their baby, right? Um, so he, we got him to kind of move out of the way. And I took over general management, oper- or general management and operations at that point and slowly started to, to, we started to phase Mark out to where he was to the point before he retired. Um, I would speak to him once a month. I mean, I'd see my brother, so I'd speak to him often. But from a business standpoint, we would we would speak one day a week for uh, 60 minutes 
go over business. Um, it was just a, basically a, a, an owner's report. This is what's going on. And that was, that was the end of it. And then this past October, I, I bought him out. Uh, I bought a portion of our holding company, which owns multiple franchises. And I bought my uh, brother out along with my sister, who is a, uh, a shareholder as well within the organization. We bought my brother out and uh, he's officially retired. And now I'm the president owner of uh, Bauer and Sun One Hour Heating and uh, QTL Holdings. Wow. Congrats, <laughs> man. That's incredible. Thank you. So that's, in the, that's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened in between there that we could, uh, you know, I saw we were already at 20 minutes. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean, I, it's I, not I'm like, like 20 kinda, years or I, anything. Yeah. I, I'm like, yeah, we just, we just went through almost 30 years of my life. So, uh, in 20 minutes, so I, there's a lot of stuff that happened in there. Um, but you know, the, the, the consistent thing was once I realized what I wanted to do and I became passionate about it. Um, you know, I, I set a goal for myself. I, I wanted to be an operations manager. I wanted to be this, and I was specific about my goal, and it was a measurable goal. I felt it was attainable, realistic. But the biggest portion was it was a ta- it was tangible. I felt it. I tasted it. I I, I could feel it, it. You know, and there was nothing that was going to get in my way, and I just stuck to my guns about what I had, how I was going to get there. And um, you know, when you when you're that passionate about something, and you're that just you're that specific about a goal. There's nothing that can stand in your way. And that's where so many people go wrong on, uh, like on goal setting is they set a goal like, Hey, I want to ra- raise my average ticket 20 bucks. Okay, great. How, you know, well, um, I'll, I'll talk to the, I'll spend more time at the client's home. Okay. That's not, that, yeah, that's a wish. That's a, that's a dream. That's not really a goal. And I, I recognize that early on and how to do those things. And that's part of what I like to bring to my team. And actually this morning we had a sales meeting. It was a kickoff of a five-week training that we're doing with the, and it's not just sales at the capacity of like comfort advisors or selling tech. I opened it up to anybody who wanted to be on it because I felt like everybody can use a little bit of sales training because of the, at the end of the day, we're, we're all salespeople, whether we're selling our services, our, our uh, a drain pan treatment, a, a, a new fill valve on the toilet, doesn't matter. We're selling something, we're, you know, and I felt like it was important to go over all those things. And in that meeting, we all set goals today. We set uh, a specific goal for ourselves, for the organization. We set a personal goal for them. And then the team as a, as a whole set a goal. And I made sure that they used that smart system, that specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, tangible. And, uh, you know, that's how we get things done. That's how I got things done. And now I've implemented, implemented that into my team. And that's now how my team is able to keep moving forward is because of these simple simple things really yeah that's that's exactly right brian and it is often the simplest of steps in the right direction that makes the most sense you right you know if if we look at our careers as we're running we're running a marathon here we need to find a pace that's going to keep us in moving and consistently moving in the right direction as opposed to sprinting one way but maybe not the right way and sprinting back the other way and then taking a break for a year you know there's all kinds of problems with that and so I, I want right. to I want to back up to the fact that with your story, right? So I mean, your story is a fantastic one. You know, kind of a, a rags to riches type scenario where you're you're going from a kid coming out of high school all the way to owning multiple franchise locations, those types of things. And as a technician, I'm sitting here saying, well, I mean, great for you, Brian. You know, you had a brother who was already in the business, and uh, you know, maybe you rode his coattails, or maybe you got more opportunities because of blood than me as you know a technician in your business. What do you say to somebody who's in the field who doesn't have the opportunity of a relative owning their business? Is, is the trade still a good place to find that elevator or, or is it, you know, did it come down to 
your work over your relationship? What, what are your, what's your take on that? Thank God you're not working for family. <laughs> 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 That's what I say to that. Um, my road, um, no, there was no special treatment by any stretch. It was the exact opposite of that. My brother was tough, man. He was tough. There was a lot of times that, you know, I, anybody in their right mind would have quit, you know? Um, you know, my, I think my brother always had my best interest in heart. I think some days his, his message was a little off the mark, but, um, you know, if you're, if you're in a, if you're just starting out in the truck and you're wanting to get to that next level, surround yourself, go seek out people that are doing that next level and go do what they're doing. And hopefully you have a strong enough manager or owner that recognizes that talent because sometimes you may not be on the right bus. And I'm not saying that our technicians should go and quit their franchises, but you got to make sure it meshes sometimes. And, um, you know, there, there's something to be said for that, you, you know, work really hard, set goals and just put your head down and go to, go to work every single day, but know what the goal is. If you're just going there every day, cause you, you got to work nine to five every day and you got to install this furnace that's all you're ever going to be. You're always going to have what you always have, right? That's it. But if you keep, but if you set some goals and you're very specific about it and you, and you say, Hey, I want to learn how to do, um, I don't, uh, install 90 plus. Furnaces. That's, that's my next goal. Cause right now I'm just, uh, I'm just a, a sheet metal carrier. Okay, great. How do we get to that? Start to ask the people that are doing it. Hey, is there an opportunity for me to come ride with you? Is there an opportunity for me to come and just soak these things up? And any manager that's worth his, you know, weight is going to approve that and say, absolutely, because you're building those replacement troops behind the other troops, which just makes the whole team stronger. You know, I mean, one of the things I always tell my employees is from the day you start working at my organization, I need you to start training your replacement. And I always get like this look like, like what? And I'm like, let me explain. In order for you to move up the ladder, you have to backfill behind you. You can't move forward unless you have somebody that's trained to do what you're doing right now. And that's a powerful thing because when people start to wrap their head around that, now all of a sudden the, 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 the turbo boosters kick on in propelling your career forward because you're training the people. And also when you start to train people, you soak up the information better because you better be on top of your topic, right? Sure. So that helps that whole thing move forward. So if you're in a truck out there, do, do, just keep doing the thing and surround yourself with the best people you can possibly find. And I promise you, if you're passionate about it, you will get that you'll get to wherever it is you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's something that we talk about here so much. I and mean, that's basically the reason we do the podcast is to continue pushing us to greater heights and, and higher levels of accountability I mean, you mentioned earlier there, like you always have what you've always got to some degree, but I mean, atrophy is a, is a real world thing too, right? If you just sit back and coast, you can actually go backwards. It's quite possible. Oh, yeah. You'll, you'll generally go backwards pretty quick. Yeah. And, and that's the opposite the of what we're looking pass, for. Yeah. The world's going to pass you by and it, and it may not be a, that you're generally moving backwards at a fast rate. It's, it's the, the people around you. Because no matter what the organization, there there will be go getters, and those people will absolutely blow your doors off and blow right by. And if you're not careful, you'll be left sitting in the dust every single time, every single time. 
So Brian, one thing that is a passion of yours is empowering people. And as I reflect upon your story, you know, you mentioned and name dropped quite a few people in there. And I appreciate that attitude of humility. You know, the concept of standing on the, the uh, shoulders of giants before you. Um, and mm-hmm. yet there was something inside of you that also said, you know, I'm going to take this, own it, run with my own, run with it and, and make it my own and take it to another level. Um, which is, is it a very empowerment mentality to begin with? So since that is a passion of yours and, and I mean, I know you just got out of a sales training meeting with your own team there, and I'm sure this is a point of conversation with nearly everybody in your path. What do you do to empower people? Like, what does that look like, especially for the guys listening to this in their trucks right now who, uh, you know, they might be in their trucks or might have been in their trucks for some time and they're maybe feeling a little bit beat down or a little bit like burnout. You know, how, how do those people feel empowered? What do you say? Well, I mean, if I had a technician that was feeling a little beat down, I, you know, first thing I do is I bring them into my office. And actually, I take them out for a cheeseburger is what I would do. <laughs> I would say, hey, let's look at it. That's always my go-to. Hey, let's go grab a cheeseburger and, and talk, you know. And and people are, I, I do that enough that people don't like freak out. Like, oh my God, the owner wants to talk to me because I'm pretty, you know, we eat well at our shop. That's one thing we do. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um so I'll, I'll go grab a cheeseburger with a guy or, or girl and they'll just say, you know, Hey, what's, what's going on in your world? And it just, I just try to make it a very loose conversation to try to flush out stuff because if there's something on their mind, they will, they, they're, they're just trying to figure out how to verbalize it generally. And I just have to lead the conversation in a soft way that they feel safe. And once we kind of get whatever is they, they deem as a bottleneck or a roadblock in, in their career, um, we'll start to put a plan in place to get them that to whatever they want to go. And, and that's the thing I'll say, well, what is it you wanted to go do? Or, you know, what, you're not, you're not really feeling this anymore. So you're obviously not on the right seat on the bus anymore. What, 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 what gets you going? What gets you charged up? And they may go, Hey, I, this IAQ stuff, man, I, I really, really like that. Okay. So how can we exploit that? What can we do with that? So we'll, I'll spend some time with that person and we'll, I'll, I'll develop a whole job description just around somebody's passion. I've done that numerous times. I've done that a few times this year. We're growing at such a fast rate right now that we're hiring all these new people and we had all these moving parts and I may have hired you in to do this. And then I found out that you got there and that's not really what you're passionate about. You're actually really passionate about this. So I'll have, I'll sit down with those people and I'll say, well, I want you to write your job description Hmm. in your perfect world, write your job description. And you know, people say, well, what you want me to write it? I said, yeah, write down it. If, if you could write down the perfect job description, what, is, what does it look like? You know, and, and I'll give them some homework and we'll reconvene on what that looks like. And then we'll take that job description along with whatever their passions are. And I'll empower that person to go chase their dreams. If their dreams are to be a selling tech, let's go do that. I'm not going to stand in your way. I'm just going to give you the tools to go do it. And once you start to empower people and you create a culture of empowerment like that, People know they're like, I mean, I, my employees are my biggest cheerleaders now. I mean, I've had, I have an employee right now who was, he, he was trying to get to a certain level, you know, and uh, he kind of made some comments to, ever, to some of the coworkers and they're all like, go talk to Brian. He'll, he'll totally do that. He'll set you and he'll, and sure enough, he came to me and he was really hesitant and shy about it. And I said, well, let's go, let's go do it. You know, and we've started a, a one-on-one training that we're doing over the next, uh, I got my calendar here, six weeks. And we're going to get him to some specific goals that he didn't even know were 
attainable in our organization, but we've created that type of culture. And to the technician in his truck that wants to get to that next level, communicate, go to your, go to your owner, go to your manager. If, if you, if you unfortunately have a, a manager or owner who's not very receptive because that happens, seek it out on your own, go find it within our organization, especially through um, success Academy. It's all there all there everything all those classes i took in st louis that were so beneficial to me they're all there everything is there everything that you want to know about how to do anything within our industry is on success academy and you just got to take the time to do it and go seek it out and 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 actually absorb it that's the thing don't just zone out while you're listening to it because everything's there um that's the wonderful thing about our franchise really yeah, I was going to press into that a little bit because, you know, not everybody has the benefit of working for an owner or a manager such as yourself who's very invested in development and empowering people. You know, some, unfortunately, there yeah. are some uh, places in the trades that are the complete opposite of that. You know, more stay in your place, more do your thing, you know, put in, yeah. your, put in your years before you see any light at the end of the tunnel type of mentality. And, yeah, and that, can I, be, I, that can be difficult. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been fortunate enough to do consulting and work with other uh, other 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 locations within our 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 brand and also outside of our brand and the one common thing of everyone every single almost every single organization that i've been fortunate enough to work with uh doing some consulting the the common theme has, has been it's either been an owner or a manager who can't let go and or he just he, he, he's not very good at his job but he can't let go and that and that that's that's where a lot of a lot of this stuff falls apart unfortunately and uh but if you know if if you're a technician and you're stuck in one of those situations it still may be a great job and great opportunity but go seek out the education you need around that because it's all there it's all there within our organization now brian i gotta ask you you know sounds like you came from a good family sounds like you grew up on a farm you probably had a great work ethic and all that not everybody has that in their story right Sure. Uh, you were looking for work because you wanted you wanted to uh, you know make something of a, a special date for your lady. Which, by the way, did that turn into your spouse by any chance? It did not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just one. <No, no. laughs> but I mean, I'm, uh, not everybody. I'm, I'm, go ahead. Yeah, I'm still friends with them. Still Facebook. Let's <laughs> 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 down the street. <laughs> oh no, kidding. Okay. Well, I mean, not everybody comes from that mindset, and and you know, some of us can get trapped up in our heads um, with. I don't know how I want to phrase this, but you know, something other than that, like I'm going to, I'm going to make a way myself. Right. So, you know, maybe we have an excuse complex. We're always trying to point the finger at somebody else is the reason why I'm not getting ahead. Yeah. Or, or maybe we're just frankly lazy, you know, like, yeah, I see the opportunity. I just, I don't feel like making the sacrifice. Uh, right. or, or maybe there's just something else broken. You know, maybe somebody just beat you up, not, not, physically but mentally over the years and said you're not worth it you can't do it it's it's not for you like you have to be xyz to get that so i mean speak to those people for a while here because unfortunately i'm afraid some of our listeners fall into those categories and they look at opportunity from a completely different paradigm than you do yeah you know that's a real thing um you know we've had we've had employees that have come to us that you know have had bad you know, families growing up and a lot of that stuff flushes out. And a lot of time, what, what I've found with those people is they, they generally, they, they just, they, they need, 
they need somebody to love them a little bit. They just, they, they need to feel needed and wanted. And, you know, we had an employee, he passed away about a year ago, but he was one of those types of people that, you know, he came to me pretty broken and, um, it, he just, he didn't really have much family anymore. And, uh, family did have, he didn't get along. And, you know, I, I reached, I, I made sure that I spent special time with him, even a little bit outside of work, just to make sure that he understood that he was, you know, needed and loved. And what I found through that was that a lot of our employees, they need that because they're not getting that at home. And they are looking to our organization to be their family. And that's really all that they have. They go home and they're, they're, there's nothing, there's nothing else. You know, they may not have any hobbies. They may not have any family. They, it could be rough. And we as managers or owners, sometimes we have, you know, we have to recognize that. And it's hard some days when you're, you know, you're bogged down and trying to read a DMR or something. I don't know, whatever the task of the day happens to be, right? But it's, we have to make sure that we recognize that our staff, they're human beings with emotions and feelings. And so much of our day, especially as leaders, has to surround facilitating those feelings. And, and you know, this is starting to sound like a touchy-feely thing, but it really is. And we have to recognize, like, okay, I got to put this down or I need to go delegate this to somebody else because I have some people over here that are really special. They can really do some special things. If somebody just took a little bit of time to recognize them, spend a little time with them, make them truly feel needed and loved those people if you can if you can if you can earn their trust that way those are the people that will actually go the furthest for you they'll, they'll be the first to run through that burning wall for you because nobody else has ever done that for them does that make sense yeah i'm with you on that and, and yet my mind goes back to you know the the people who are often listening to this podcast they're they're not necessarily in charge of anybody, right? They're on the other side of that equation. Now, earlier in the podcast, you mentioned that working for your brother, whether it was him directly or indirectly, there was many times when you said a reasonable person would have quit. And, you know, if somebody's out there listening to this right now, feeling like I got it, I got to get out of here. Like, you know, this isn't for me type of thing. You know, what's the encouragement you have for them to push on? If you hearken back to your days as a tech in a truck and you remember all those crappy calls one after another, the hot addicts, the, you know, the ticked off customers, the people that uh, weren't going to give you the time of day, the on-call schedule, the missing out on your son's baseball game, all that stuff. I mean, what pushed you forward? This organization, this franchise and the people in it, because there was, once I opened up to the fact that I was in the best seat in the industry, being at a, being at a one hour and, and clockwork, and surrounding myself with all the people that are involved in that, like the Lance Sinclair's. I mean, I, I can't tell you how many Lance Sinclair classes I've taken. And then, and then, and then kind of getting out of my own way and out of my own head and starting to reach out to some of these other people that are successful. And back in those days, you had to pick up the phone and call them and say, Hey, um, I'm Brian Wick. I, I'm a technician over here. Now it's as simple as like seeking these people out online or seeking these people out through team belief. Um, they're all there, but we have to take the, we have to make the effort to go through to, to do that, those things. But it was this organization that kept me plugged in because I saw the potential and the opportunity that, you know, in those days it was clockwork 
um, that was bringing to the table, you know, and then through the direct energy days and then through the authority brand days. And, you know, I'm so excited about the authority, you know, when, when Mark Dawson came on and I met Mark and Jack Pruitt and, um, actually I've known Jack for a while, but, and, uh, but I met them at a regional and, uh, and I got to, I, I met Mark before I knew he was Mark. It was, it was hilarious. We sat at a bar next to each other watching the football game. And like halfway through the game, we kind of said, well, what are you doing in town? Oh, I'm here for a conference. Well, so am I. Which one? And it turned out that he was Mark Dawson. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but, but, but that was, but those types of things, uh, you know, that, that's what keeps me so engaged is because I, I, you know, I would see what other companies were doing, what other organizations were doing, and nobody did it as good as what one hour or clockwork was providing the level of education that you could get um, back in those days. And still, again, online, the online version of it. And there's still so many of them that are in person. And um, th- those, those opportunities kept me so engaged because I could see if I just put in the work and I opened myself up to this to let myself be a sponge, there was no way I could lose. Hmm. No way you could lose other than giving up on yourself, right? Yeah. I mean, that was the only, that was the only way that I could have lost was to give up on myself. And that, that's just not an option. It's not an option. And yet for so many people, you know, unfortunately they feel at a place where they can't even, they can't even see past that curtain. Like it just looks too hard on the other side of it. And we want this podcast to serve, and you know, all of our podcasts to serve as, as an encouragement to everybody out there listening. Like, yes, you can. I don't care what recordings have been placed into your head. I don't care who has beat you down. I don't care if you grew up as an orphan in the middle of nowhere with no pair of shoes on your feet. The trades has an opportunity for you. And what you have is a God given ability inside of you to make more of yourself than you are today. Yeah. You know, I mean, when it was, when it was, really really tough some of those days there was always been a quote that i'm actually probably going to get it tattooed on my arm here soon because it's it's meant that much to me since as long as i can remember and the quote was if you want to live life on your own terms you got to be willing to crash and burn and um i was always willing to just I, to go for it you know i mean i'm just gonna send it <laughs> you know <laughs> uh, and and that's just always been my mentality and you know you have to find that in yourself you know, there, there, nobody can do it for you. To that tech that's in a truck right now, nobody can do it for you. And, and I'm sorry if you've had a rough go with things. But, oh, but you, at the end of the day, are still in charge of your destiny. And find that thing that gets you pumped up, whether it's music or if it's movies or whatever it is that really gets you going, that makes you just go, oh, yeah, I want to just, I want to go. Find that thing and harness it. And when, when you, and then apply that to wherever it is you want to go professionally. And remember that, how do you eat an elephant? Elephant. Uh, one bite at a time and start with the trunk. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> start with the trunk. But one bite at a time, right? And, you know, in our, in, in, in our world now, instant gratification where people just want everything yesterday, you know, in a professional career, that still doesn't happen. You know, that it still takes time. You have to build on everything that you do, but start the process. Start somewhere and start eating that elephant slowly. And before you know it, you're going to be neck deep into that thing. And then that, and then before you know it, you're going to be at your goal. But you got to start somewhere and you got to find out what makes you passionate. And you got to, and, and that drive. And when you can harness those things together, because we all have it. I've never met a person that didn't have it. Of all the people I've met, and even the technicians that I've worked with that have come to me broken, 
they've always I've always found that thing because because I, I I made a, I flushed it out of them. I had a guy that was struggling, and it turned out he was super passionate about um, skiing. He did like the moguls on those like you know bumps and stuff. And when he and he would start to talk about that, he just lit up and he became passionate. And I'm like, all right, so that's your thing. So how do we take that and and that energy and focus it over here to your goal of becoming a selling technician? And and it was like, oh, I, I it's it, it, and once we started to mesh those two worlds together, you know, for me, it's always been BMX or music. You know, I I those that passion that comes with those two things for me, I've just taken it and I've just put it on. I want to become an owner or a manager or a general manager or whatever it was at the time. I took that same drive and inspiration and I just applied it over here. And then I seeked out the help and the training and the people that were doing it better than me. And I just kept moving forward. I, you know, every day, but you know, no matter how tired I was, I would, I would put one foot in front of the other every single day. It's like when you're working out, you're doing burpees, right? And you get to that last set and you're just dying. And you just like, I just got to, I got to do it. I just got to get through this set. And it's that same mentality of just, I got to do it. I got to keep going. Got to keep moving forward. And if, if you can, if you can harness that energy and that enthusiasm into something that is career driven, God help anybody that stands in your way. Yeah. Not just keep going like, uh, indefinitely, but setting, you know, if you did six sets of burpees yesterday, six sets of 12 or whatever, then tomorrow the idea is to do six sets of 15 or seven sets of 12. Like right. tracking your numbers, keeping keeping tabs on some kind of KPIs, and then always key performance indicators, and then always trying to beat the the number you did last time. The yep. constant, and, and constant like- goal, striving for improvement is, is uh, where, it re- where it's really at. That's where all the growth and development is. Yeah, which that comes back to that when I was talking about that smart system, you know, the for goal setting, you know, being specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and tangible. That's where that that's where that meets the road right there. And um, you know, you have to keep moving forward, but it has to be in a specific direction. You can't wander around a field lost. Um, you you got to figure out what it is that you want to get to, and then apply that passion to that, and then be specific about your goal. I want to I want to become the best. Ser- I want to become a lead service technician with an average ticket of. $425. Okay, that's specific. So how do we get there? Where are you at right now? Let's start there. Okay, so let's start to draw the roadmap to get to there. What's, what's the time frame? You know, how do we measure that? And then we just start every day, put a foot in front of the other until you get to that goal. Okay, we achieved that goal. What's next? Let's keep moving forward. Let's see, you know, your, your ultimate goal is to get here. Let's get there. And any technician in our system has the same opportunity. They all do. We have a wonderful wonderful foundation within our organization. Um, but you do have to, you do have to take that initiative and seek it out. You know, and the good thing is, is you can do it on your own terms in this day. You don't have to go to St. Louis and sit in a class Monday through Friday from eight to five every day. You can, you can do it. Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to this little bit of a training in between my calls here. And then I'll listen to the other half tomorrow. I do that all the time. I, like I always have podcasts or trainings. Um, you know, right now I've been listening to the um, Rob Deerdick. I don't know if you know who he is. He was a professional skateboarder and MTV guy. Had the Fantasy Factory show and the yeah, what was Robin his... Big? Yeah, Robin Big. Yeah, yeah, had all the shows. Well, he has a business called the Deerdick uh, Machine now, and uh, he does these podcasts that 
you know, if anybody's out there looking for some business development ideas that are kind of like out of, out of the, outside the box a little bit, go seek out his podcast. I've been listening to them. They've been on absolute repeat for weeks now <laughs> in, in my office and even in my living room. We just listen. I mean, I just, I'm completely drenched into his, his philosophy of how he looks at culture and people and business development. And, uh, it's, it's really, it's really, really amazing is what it is. So, but to my point is find these things and listen to them. What, find what were you things. listening to all weekend, buddy? That's what I want to know. Especially Saturday. I was, listening to you guys. I, was, I was doing my homework on you guys. You were doing what? <laughs> Wait, you were listening to what? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mike had put that post on team believe. And then I kind of dove in and he said something about, Hey, if, uh, Anybody's interested in doing a podcast? I know a guy, and I'm like, hey, I, I I'm, I'm down. I'm, I'm, I love doing podcasts. <laughs> so, uh, so then I dove in, and I think we listened to about five hours straight, almost of you guys Ugh. talking in my living room. Five hours of Brian Burton. That, that sounds awesome. That awful. sounds awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What punishment <laughs> had you done? Like, what had you Nate done? Nate sounds like everyone who works here right now. <laughs> well, it, it, well, I mean, it did run my family off. So, I mean, there's that. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, buddy. You're welcome. Buddy. Yeah, yeah. Mother's Day weekend, I had the house to myself. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Not sure that's going to be our advice for the Mother's Day podcast, but yeah. <laughs> no, no, probably not. No. So, so outside um, of uh, Rob and and uh, the Waste No Day podcast, do you are there any audio books, any any um, other podcasts that you you know YouTube channels, YouTube videos? Like what you're saying is spot on. It's something where that I feel like we're standing on a table screaming it nonstop. Which is right. you don't you don't need to go to a week like presentation training anymore. Those days are behind us. You right. you can. Like something I would love to see more people do is is that that thing where they say I'm I'm in class, like Jamie yeah. Mellinger who who works here was always so so good at which take take I'm in class let's say from from six p.m. to eight p.m. every day right. five days a week that's what I do that class is yep. at home with my phone and my headphones and I'm watching YouTube videos or listening to an audio book. And taking notes now in between calls, I I would have a hard time respecting you if you tell me that you're listening to music. To be perfectly honest, I, I immediately lose a massive amount of respect for a guy that I hear is listening to music or news or talk radio or or you know pick the other thing that's poisoning your mind. Um, mm-hmm. In in between calls, like from one call to the next one, I my seriously go from like an eight to a, to a five quickly on, on my scale of like potential for growth or at least expedient growth. That's just a given. If you're on your way to see a customer and there are things out there that can make you better at it, you should be listening to that. But at home there's, there are some, you know, monsters among us, some animals in our industry who've gotten there by saying that they're going to be in, in school from you know, at this certain, maybe it's just an hour a day at home and they're taking yeah. notes and they're, and they're watching YouTube videos or rolling in someone's online training course or what have you, but they've taken yeah. this time and dedicated it to getting better in their, in their field. That's a huge thing for me. And it, it is a thing that you could potentially do these days without even paying money for. Now you'll run, yeah. you'll run that well dry and need to find, you know, a mentor that you pay eventually mm-hmm. at some point. Like a James Freeze, one of our uh, one-hour service techs here, phenomenal at this. I mean, we did the the uh, getting your degree from MVU, My Vehicle University, with James, 
and he kind of ran through everything you could find for free online and then he started you know paying uh paying for mentors like Weldon Long and Gene Slade and some of these trainers and right you know he's he's an animal as a result of it and he doesn't have that salesman personality I mean he's not overwhelmingly outgoing or anything um where you would think he should be a beast but he is a beast and it's just a a matter of him spending every minute of time between calls and then he set up he set himself up a training room in his house when he bought his first home and this just it's just a room with a desk and speakers and a computer and like his awards everywhere and I bought him a bought him a hat from uh j-dub masters of the hustle that he can he can put in there because he's a fan of j-dub and he, this is what he does so he has this time set aside in the evening where he goes into his training room and he sees his yeah. accolades and his, and stuff and then he gets busy he gets busy working on his presentation i love yeah, the idea I, that guys can do that especially not paying for it so i'm wondering what 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 books audio books youtube channels what kind of things do you recommend that people can use as a resource all right. Uh, man, you're going to open up this, this door, huh? <laughs> All right. So first thing I want to, you made me, you made me think of something that I did back when I was uh, trying to learn the uh, sales presentation. They, back, the, back when they used to call it the persuasion system. And uh, remember, I didn't have anybody to role play with and I didn't, I wanted to get it down and I needed to get it down. So I needed to figure out somebody to role play with. And uh, I used to role play with my dog. I remember that I had a golden retriever named junior who would, as long as you talked to him, he would just sit there and stare at you for hours. He was, it was the most bizarre thing, but I used to role play with my dog and that's how I actually learned the sales system. And, um, you know, and the reason I'm telling that story is because I was, I, I was so dead set on getting it done that I, I, I used what resources I had, you know, I didn't make excuses. I found a way. You know, and it's, it just—it was one of those things. I hadn't thought about that memory in a long time, so, and I just—you know—it's kind of kind of cool. Um, podcast. I love the I love the the Rob Deerdick the Deerdick machine. I am I am all about that one right now. Um, a lot of the podcasts I like to watch are about um, musicians. I like I like music. I like I love music, so I like to watch a lot of podcasts about musicians and especially success stories. Um, I, I love how how people they go from like playing in a in a in a garage or a middle school talent show to being on some of the biggest stages, and you can just basically find those. Like I I literally will go on YouTube and just Google um, um, music success stories, and I found different bands that way that I didn't even know existed. And some of the stories out there are so inspirational about how they just. They just never say die and they just keep on turning. They just keep on chugging and they just keep making the contest, which is a lot of what we do, right? It, it needs um, to be. I mean, I, I hope it is. And, and yeah. the people who have made it to, you know, the most amazing levels of, of what we do, like uh, a, a friend of the show, a friend of mine from a long time ago, Brent Buckley, who we had on mm-hmm. the show because he did $7 million in HVAC revenue out of his service truck in 2020. Sorry, 2019. Okay. Well, no, 2020. Yeah, he ended up doing nine million last year. So wow, that's incredible. <laughs> and incredible. one thing I know about him is like the musician success stories. He's he's not thinking in terms of how early can I get home today. He's thinking in terms of what do I have to do to beat last week, last month, last year. 
And he and he yeah. just sits around and thinks about that when he's like off. Like, what do I need to do here to to squeeze? You know, as he said, I I, I couldn't sell any more boxes. Like, mm-hmm. I was to the I didn't have time to run more calls to get more equipment in. So what things could I add on to these? And, and you know, earlier on, and I was with them when we, when we both got started, it was more a matter of, like, how do I construct my presentation? Or I, I keep right. getting beat by this particular uh, objection. I leave with a no when I hear this. Well, how can I work through this? How can I hear this less? And then when I'm hearing it as little as I can, how, when I actually do hear it, how do I get them back to a yes from it? Like, this was... This was yeah. us, you know, learning to be a better drummer or guitar player or what have you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- there's a ton to be said for that. Um, you know, like my guys, you know, I'll, 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 I always tell them like my salespeople, I'm like, don't ever lose a job over like money. You know, I mean, there's always a way. And I, I and I always tell my people, I say, you know, get some, get some answers from them. Like, what is it they're looking for? What, what is it? What is the reason, you know, they like us. It's, what's the objection? And then I, you know, I'll tell them, I said, well, call me from the table, you know, let's talk about it. And, and I'll bet you, I'll bet you 75% of the time that I do get those phone calls, we can use it as a training opportunity because it's something that they may have just missed. And I'll help guide them through that right there at the table. And then we'll talk about it afterwards, you know, and say, Hey, next time, maybe just try this or that, or, um, you know, or they'll go, Oh my God, the way you handled that was amazing. I'm going to implement that into our, into my, into my sales process. And, you know, now I don't get many calls from the table. My guys just kind of do their thing. I mean, they're, you know, it's, it's, I'm, I, I don't know if it's just because I've spent so much time training or it may be because I give those guys so much freedom to, to move. You know, I, I try to create a, a large playing field for them that and they and they know what the boundaries are and they know what the rules are so that way they can go into a house and make a decision and not feel micromanaged or feel like they're going to be criticized one of the things i tell every employee that works for me is all i want you to do in the home when you're in the presence of the homeowner i want you to make a decision i don't care if it's right or wrong at that point i want you to make a decision because the moment you call a manager to get a to get help or an opinion you are no longer the authority on that call you're done you're no longer the guy and you never will get that back so make the decision if you make the right decision we're going to high five and we may implement that throughout the entire organization but we're definitely going to celebrate it if it's the wrong decision we're going to i'm not going to beat you up over it i'm going to i'm going to high five you for making the decision but we're going to, but we're going to learn from it so that we don't make that decision again. You know, we just had one of those training moments within our organization with one of our call takers. Um, she made a decision and it was, you know, if she worked at another company, she probably would have got pretty beat up for it, but we have the culture of, Hey, all right. So what was your thought process of this whole decision you made? Well, X, Y, and Z. Okay. I can see why you did that, but in the future, let's make sure we do this because this was the effect that that decision had. Oh, that makes sense. Great. Let's all move on with life. But because we give our staff that ability to move and to make those decisions, they feel they feel invested and empowered. They're in charge. They can't. They can go out there and they can get unique with a customer because a lot of times that's what sales is. It may be a bundle or it may be a, you know they really want this but they don't want that and maybe it doesn't fit exactly into what this package that we have written on a piece of paper is. Because how many times, is, you know, if I, if you guys have probably heard from salespeople, well, this is what the package is. Well, 
what they want this little piece of this package and that piece of that package. So how do we how do we mix and match and do a hybrid system? You know, and when you can, and when when an employee feels like they have that ability and and they're empowered to do those things, that's when some magic really starts to happen within your organization because now the entire team sees that they they can do stuff. They can be creative. Get the creative juices flowing. And we know what the end goal is. Let's get there. And let's be creative to get there because every day you wake up is a different day in HVAC and plumbing. There are no two days that are ever the same. But if you try to treat them the same every day and try to manage them the same every single day, you're going to become frustrated and it's never you're never going to have the success that you want. You have to be able to adapt and, and roll with the punches a little bit and communicate that to your team, that they have those abilities. I think that's a huge, huge piece of it. Don't be the squirrel in the middle of the road, man. Make a decision. If you don't make a decision, you're going to get flattened, I promise you. Well, this has been great stuff, Brian, and we appreciate you sharing not only that advice, but your story with us. And as we kind of start bringing things in for a landing here, we always like to look back, especially for guests who've kind of made their way through all the ranks of the trades and you know are now standing as the owner or, or whatever high level position they may be in and say like, you know, if you could go back, right, if you could go back to the positions that our listeners are in right now, would you do anything different? Would you would you take more opportunities or more risk? Would you change your perspective on things? Would you would you go back and revise the way that you did something or said something? What what would you say to the listeners who are maybe at a different point in life or a different point in their career than you are right now, but are looking up to you saying like, how can I get there? Open up your mind and just become that sponge. I wish I would have done that sooner. I did it pretty quick, but. but um, I wish I would have opened myself up to the knowledge that was available sooner. Um, I initially, I resisted a bit just because I was, I just did, you know, um, I wish I would have opened up to some of those things just a little bit faster. I, I think I would have probably gotten to my goals a little bit quicker, even though I did in the grand scheme of things get there pretty quickly. Um, but that would be my biggest advice to that guy sitting in the truck right now is, you know, do self-reflection every day. You know, that's a big thing. I, I tell my, I tell my staff as well, I said, you know, take an hour, whether it's during your lunch or even, even your lunch and, and, and a little bit extra, but try to take an hour every day to kind of just think about your day and do some self-reflection. And then, and it doesn't necessarily need to be work related. Um, but, you know, t- take that time to self-reflect, invest in yourself and just be that sponge seek out the people in our industry. You, if you're listening to this and you're part of, you're part of a one hour Sparky or a Ben, um, you, you couldn't be in a better seat on the bus. You just got to go and, and, and maybe go shake the bus driver a little bit every once in a while. But, <laughs> um, but, but, but there's so much good information. The bus is going to so many great places and so many great destinations. You just got to look out the windows and, and, and see where you're at and uh, just keep, you know, moving forward and, Get get those that um, that the training that's available to you through uh, you know Success Academy. It's all out there. Just go get it. Good advice. Our guest today has been Brian Wick. We've enjoyed having you on the show, Brian. If people are interested in learning more about you or any of the opportunities that you've been talking about, uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Um, there's two two ways. Uh, Brian Wick and the number 11 on uh, Instagram is a great way to find me or my, uh, you can always email me as uh, Brian Wick and the number 11 at gmail.com. Always happy to talk to anybody out there uh, to help, you know, spread some knowledge or 
seeking knowledge. Uh, I know we have a lot of great people in our organization that I haven't met yet. And uh, I, that's one of the greatest things about going to convention and some of the different meetings where we all get to be in a room together is I get to, I get to meet, I meet somebody new every single time and, uh, you know, and take away something every single time of something they're doing. And, uh, um, you know, it's just, it's just really awesome at the end of the day. Fantastic. Brian, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks very much for being on the show. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and, and short notice too. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Thanks for having me. That was a lot of fun. Uh, if you ever want to dig into any of these topics even deeper, I, we could, we got, I got hours I can talk. So <laughs> love it, Brian. Thanks so much. Have yourself a great day. All right. You too. Thank you. Hey, that's a wrap for this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show with Brian Wick. It was good to hear from him. And I always love Brian, the, uh, the, you know, from, I started at like the entry, entry level position the whole way up to carrying sheet metal, carrying sheet metal the whole way up, man. And you know yep. what, if you're listening to this podcast and you're finding yourselves, uh, yourself carrying some sheet metal right now or some pipe or some wire and uh, your title on the card is gopher, guess what? You can still gopher the owner role. Get that, Brian? That was a joke. Yeehaw. No, in all seriousness, though, there. (laughs) In all seriousness, though, there is plenty of opportunity in the trades. We mean that uh, from top to bottom, and it is such a growing industry, and it is built with many ladders um, all the way around. And so we are excited about that. We are excited to invite more people into the trades who are coming in, uh, either shifting careers or who is starting their career and saying, this is a great place to be. Uh, You know what else is a great place to be? Listening to this podcast more often. So please share it with everybody that you know. Let them know that it's good stuff. If you don't think it's good stuff, you know, we'd love to hear from you uh, because we'd love to know how we could make it better. Uh, Shoot us a note, drop us a comment, give us a, a review, something like that. So we know if you have ideas for subjects or anything, we're always open to those ideas. Uh, As for now, we want to leave you with our challenge, which as what Brian was talking about there, keep your mind open to uh, the things that are going to make you better and keep looking for ways to improve yourself. Look in the mirror and see that the person staring back at you is the one that is responsible for your current condition. There's nobody else to blame but the man in the mirror. So we want to challenge you with that as well as to choose to wake up every single morning and waste no day. 